This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're going to be talking subscription TV and streaming today. Our special guest, Patrick Delaney, Chief Executive of the Foxtel Group. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks, James. Uh, Good to join you. Some pretty uh, stunning figures came out the end of last week saying the Foxtel Group had now over 4 million customers split very roughly between um, streaming and the what was originally the, the older model of the subscription TV business, if you like. But, I mean, you came on, I guess, as CEO of Foxtel and there was maybe one main revenue stream. Now it's a group. Just tell us a little bit about the difference between then and now. Yeah, well, look, look, you make a really good point and, and one of the reasons uh, I'm making myself available for for the interviews, um, usually I'd be head down, tail up, just um, going flat out, is that there is a very big shift between the company uh, that existed three years ago and now. And, and uh, you know, I think the best way to describe it is that when I took the helm, I said we were going to go hard in streaming. Um, and a lot of people said, well, you know, you, you people have taken a long time to and you've stuck in traditional pay TV. And then when we launched KO, of course, of course, the opposite happens. And everyone says, well, you're going to drive the group broke <laughs> now because you're going hard in streaming. And, um, of course, you know, um, the truth of the matter is that in the last three years, the group has changed enormously. And like all things, we're now starting to see uh, some of the, the shift financially and, as you pointed out, subscriber growth from a really hard two years of work. So the strategy always was to strengthen Foxtel, being the Foxtel retail business, but to grow the group through streaming. And I think the third part of the strategy, which is very underrated, it's not that glamorous, but the third part of the strategy is to be the world's best in technology platforms and content aggregation. And so in the first year, we, we picked up the cricket rights um, we had literally 100 people coding KO in the bowels of Fox Sports. Um, we built all of the platform for 4K and we started changing um, all of the user interfaces of Foxtel and, and ordered the IQ4. Um, in that year, there wasn't much financial um, outcomes other than we spent a lot of money, right? So the numbers didn't look that great and and we saw continuing downward trajectory in Foxtel. In the second year, we actually launched KO. Um, and, and again, you know, the numbers were sort of everyone was focused on Foxtel and they thought KO was a nice curiosity. The third year, though, and the COVID year is, is actually where uh, I think there has been an acceleration. And the, the acceleration is partly because of people staying home and wanting to be entertained, but a large part because all of the capital we had spent, everything we created, was ready to take up in the third year. And so we saw an acceleration of KO and Binge in that third year, but also we saw an acceleration of true transformation of our cost base. And that wasn't just dropping a couple of sports and saying goodbye to a few employees. It was literally starting to move all of our systems over to the state-of-the-art IP, what I call a spine, that we had built for KO and Binge, and we'll continue to do it. So what we're left with now, as you pointed out, is a very different organization. It's a group. Uh, We've got 
what, what I call our streaming aggregation business, which is Foxtel, and that will continue to evolve. It's now been positioned as premium. It's the place that brings the world's best uh, content together, either the stuff that uh, the content that we've acquired in sports, movies and others, plus also the apps. And then there's KO and Binge that we call our single genre streamers. And it's that effect that we're now starting to see very strong and stable revenues come through. You know, the, the subscribers that we did or were losing through Foxtel have now been backfilled uh, by the streaming. So uh, long-winded way, sorry, but, it, but it, is, it is a way of describing the group and we will continue to evolve the group that way. We think there's plenty of room for more single genre streamers and our work has only just begun on streaming aggregation in, in the Foxtel retail brand. Robert Thompson talked a little bit about the performance of Foxtel now gives it options for the future. I think a lot of people read into that. He was talking about whether it might be sold or floated or something. But I guess he's also talking about that gives you abilities to do more with content and how you price your products. Is, is that sort of accurate? I think that's, I think that's very accurate. And uh, the optionality that we now have through scale Right, four million customers means that we can move into an area that we have been a bit player in the past, and that's advertising. Uh, the world is is moving into digital advertising. All that tech that we have developed, uh, the ad tech, the streaming tech, uh, as that um, converges into one single spine for KO binge, whatever else comes plus Foxtel, then we become very efficient with data and advertising. So that's that's one thing. Uh, being able to move into other single um, uh, genre streams, but but I think being able to continue to transform the cost base of Foxtel and and the customer experience of Foxtel uh, is also what he's talking out about. And and we're very proud that uh, during the last financial year we refinanced a substantial part of Foxtel's debt uh, with local banks, and we did it at a lower rate. So that's the type of optionality. Um, that he's referring to, it it means that the group um, can can really move into uh, having more scale. I mean, you know, we have for, for, I I think for like almost fifteen years, every CEO of Foxtel has said, you know, and we're in twenty five percent of homes. And for fifteen years at the executive retreats, it's been, you know, what what's our our big bold goal? Oh, we'd love to be in half of homes. Well. We're lucky to say we're nearly in half of homes now with a Foxtel Group product. And that opens up all sorts of optionality in terms of finance, investment, content, um, being being the local hero is the way we frame it. You know, our content suppliers have continued to want to be with us and in this uh, new era want to, wanting us to represent their content. So that's the optionality I think Robert's referring to. You seem to have done a great job, but you talked about, you know, Re restructuring the company, cutting the costs a lot, working smarter with your content. You had a huge long tail. Did you need all of that stuff and to be paying premium for it? To me, you're still light on, and maybe this is something that you'll be able to address now in in Aussie Originals, whether it be mix of drama and lifestyle. Have you been out of that space a little bit because of some of those financial constraints? And is that something now you can address? I think, um, I, I think a little light on is a bit tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've, we've been releasing four dramas a year and, 
and more than that in lifestyle. This year, um, we we will continue to release uh, some great Australian drama. And of course, we're very proud of our heritage in Australian drama. Nothing's going to change there. But yes, we eased back a little bit um, uh, during during the period. I would have thought, look, if I'm paying, you know, what's your ARPU is around 80 bucks, isn't it? That's your average for your Foxtel customer. I would have thought the least I should expect is one good original a month, whether it be, it could be a mix of drama and lifestyle, say six a year. I would have thought something like that would be the bare minimum. Yeah, well, I actually think it a bit bit differently. Um, (laughs) uh, The way I see it, James, is that we've got an extraordinary load of content in every genre, right? That's what the Foxtel, Foxtel has always brought the best content in the world into one place. And we're going to continue to do that. We have supplemented that with homegrown hits and we'll continue to do that. So, um, you know, subscribers to Premium Foxtel, subscribers to Binge and subscribers to KO are getting at least one hit a month. In fact, more. Uh, And they're getting an extraordinary long tail. So uh, we see it as a mix. Uh, we, We are committed to telling Australian stories, but I think more importantly, using Australian production um, to to deliver what we think our customers want. And look, this is one of the arguments that we're having with uh, um, not so much the government, but certainly with the Australian um, uh, politicians. And, and that is that we should be allowed to produce what we consider our customers want. Now, at the moment, we are forced into one area in drama. Um, and we do produce a lot of drama, but the principle is this. Um, if you owned a fish and chip shop or you owned a car shop and the government legislated that uh, regardless of what you thought your customers want, you've got to sell X percent, uh, then that, that, is, that is very tough for you to compete you know, with others. Uh, so, you know, um, lifestyle and reality we see is very important and uh, you're going to see a raft of... Uh, of new shows that are in production. Unfortunately, they haven't necessarily come out because of COVID delaying everything. There's some dramas that we haven't uh, yet announced that we've commissioned. And we're doing it um, based on the fabulous data we now have across all of our customer bases as to what we see uh, as as being successful and what we need more of. Of course, that will never replace uh, what we do in media, which is follow your gut feelings and try and be ahead of it. Um, but so, look, to answer your question, I, I think that um, the, what, what the Foxtel Group brings is an extraordinary load of content from all over the world as well as locally, and, and we're certainly doing that. I'd never get you to comment on your competitors, but, I mean, Stan has identified Aussie content as one of their, they would call it maybe a key difference, and they've committed, and I think they're being delayed by COVID too, but... It would be wouldn't be a good look if they started producing more Australian dramas or originals than Foxtel, would it? I think the thing to focus on is what consumers want, and whether we're able to deliver okay. um, content that people want to subscribe for, uh, and that's what we're focused on. Yeah, um, okay. you know, we 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 have got content coming from all over the world. We are commissioning content. Um, and we're going to stick to what we think consumers want. That pricing, I mean, we've talked about the, the, the Foxtel pricing. That looks like Binge will soon overtake KO, given the, the extraordinary growth at uh, Binge. I mean, it's, what, 14 months, they've got to over 800,000. Um, I think KO's been going 
you know, just under three years. They're at just over a million. Um, Binge is a fantastic offer for what you get for $10. I think it's um, 14, I think, gives you the HD offer, which I guess is sort of the minimum a lot of people would have. Where, are there many people on the $10 sub or would, would most people be going to 14 I, I, I think that, look, there's a good mix of people that come in on 10 I think the main attraction to the $14 is, is two streams. Um, which, which is very, very popular uh, for a family. And, and so, yes, the ARPU on binge is very good. Um, and, uh, look, it has been very successful uh, and can continue to be um, successful. I think, again, James, going to the content mix that we've got coming from a huge number of sources into binge and into Foxtel. I mean, we have not spared the whips in terms of... Um, the amount of rich content. I think the reason why it has grown so well is the conversion from um, uh, trial or activeness to paying is very, very high. And the the number of people that pause their subscription is very, very low. Um, you know, so, so that is a very uh, interesting feature of, of Binge and it's because of the richness and diversity of the content that we've got in there. The KO number... <clears throat> I think is also um, very, very healthy, you know, to have 1.1 million paying. And you might notice, James, that we, we don't uh, gild a lily around with the numbers. You're given the numbers that are real, what is active, what is paid. Um, the, the interesting feature of, of KO is that it is seasonal. And so as we go through cycles from year to year, we're seeing the number of people that pause and then um, are pay. Uh, they are, I suppose, as time goes on, they're not bothering to to pause anymore. They're just staying on as paid. Um, and we're also seeing some very, very steady growth. If you look at, for example, um, uh, anyone that has paid on KO over the last six months, you see a very stable growth line. And remember that KO is 25 bucks. So uh, while I think that is extraordinary value for sport, um, it isn't what I'd call a penny dreadful, uh, you know, below ten dollar streamer. Uh, it, it's a, it's a substantial streamer, just like like Benji's as well. So um, I think it's doing pretty well. There's lots of ways to get a better deal, of course, on, than twenty five bucks on Ko too. So if you look around a little bit, you can sort of um, find a way to get that cost down. The question I was trying to get out awkwardly last time was perhaps, can you keep binge so cheap. I mean, one of the challenges you must have is explaining the volume of content you can get, you know, you get access to for that sort of low price point. Yeah. Well, Do you need to get the numbers higher to make it, you know, significantly higher to make it sort of hit a sweet spot? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, at the beginning of the year, I remember doing an, an interview, uh, we were talking about, you know, the difference year on year and what, what, what was the Foxtel group going to do? And uh, at that time, I was very forthright and said, we're going to be very aggressive digitally. And we have been very aggressive. You know, that binge price is is very keen for what you get and the KO price and the offers that you referred to uh, on KO are very keen in terms of what you can get. Uh, and, um, and, and we're pushing, you know, really, really hard to get growth. You mentioned advertising before, Foxtel Media. How big a piece of the equation is ad revenue now? I, 
it's probably down a little bit than what it used to be years ago. Because um, I, I noticed, for example, I think your on-demand's now all ad-free. Is that correct? It is at the moment, yeah. There yeah. are pre- and post-rolls. Um, but uh, the um, we, we took a hit last year with COVID uh, in advertising, as everybody did. Um, but it has bounced, bounced back very, very strongly. What the advertising market is loving is uh, the data and... Um, addressable advertising that we deliver. And uh, this is a growing thing across the whole group uh, as we develop our ad tech because 70% of the Foxtel subscribers uh, are IP connected and that will continue to grow this year and next year. And, of course, uh, all of the KO subscribers, uh, same thing. Now, we don't break sports um, with ads, but we've got lots of... um, uh, on uh, uh, repeats of the sports and shows uh, that we do put ads in. And, of course, sponsorship's a big deal. So you've got two effects happening. Uh, over the last 12 months, we've gone from 1.4 million sports subscribers to 2.4. So you've got huge reach implications. And then secondly, you've got that addressability. So um, I think you we're very uh, strong on advertising. We see that as a way that we can continue to grow revenues going forward and we'll continue uh, to develop those assets uh, as we go forward with, with both Foxtel and uh, the single genre streamers. On the um, analysts' call at the end of last week with uh, News Corp, there was mention of IQ5 coming, I believe. Is that still on track for 2021? It certainly is, and we're very optimistic about it. It's um, it's the first real set-top boxes that's been done on my watch. Uh, the IQ4 is basically an IQ3 with a better chipset, and then, of course, the new front end that we put on it with with the user interface. Um, if, if you have an IQ3 and then you get an IQ4, you'll go, wow, this is different. And the IQ5 has, yet again, another step up in chip. So it's extremely quick. That chip can also stream 4K. Um, And the box uh, has been constructed in, I think, a very clever way by the team. It's severable. So it it has a piece that is a little slick uh, uh, black, um, what I'd call an in-the-cloud platter that you can plug and play in. So you can plug it into a satellite if you want, or you can just take it home and plug it into your Foxtel broadband or indeed anyone's broadband. And it will operate as though it is Foxtel through a satellite or formally through the cable. If you want to record, then you get a very similar looking platter that goes underneath and you literally put them together and it will record everything, whether it's off the satellite or off the IP uh, stream with a terabyte. Now, that that means that for the first time, and, and I do talk about this transition of Foxtel, the Foxtel group into being an IP uh, operated company, both in terms of the distribution of our product, but also uh, ad tech and customer tech and billing. Uh, but it means for the first time, we've got a plug and play set top that you could buy at your local Harvey Norman or uh, at a gas station. Uh, you don't have to decide what package you're going to take. You don't have to decide uh, on the installation date. You can literally take it home and plug it in and be playing within five minutes. And that's a big step forward for us. Um, from a consumer experience standpoint, it's a good thing, but also from uh, a financial transformation standpoint, it's a good thing because 
Uh, we no longer have very expensive, heavily engineered set-tops. We're in the cloud and we no longer need uh, installers. Now, that said, for customers that want to install them, that will still be an option. For customers that want to call up a call center uh, and get the box uh, engaged, that's also still an option. That's, I think, your answer. I was going to say, why isn't the new IQ, IQ an app or a piece of software? You've given me a few reasons there. Um, well, well, James, the other thing I'd say about it is that our customers love set-tops, right? Um, the Foxtel customer base um, like watching linear channels. Uh, they like recording, which has become a habit over time. Uh, and they like more and more what a set-top box can deliver in terms of video on demand. So Foxtel, the Foxtel retail business has 50,000 hours of video on demand. It's very, very rich. Talk about binge. This is a richer environment than binge. Um, but also, uh, you know, the way in which we're integrating um, third-party apps. So, you know, the, the Foxtel subscribers over the years love TV. They love TV enough that they want to pay for it. Um, they love to uh, indulge themselves in single genres, so more sport, more drama, more movies. And the usage of things like Netflix and SBS and ABC apps on that set top are very, very high. Um, and uh, I have made comment that the way in which we integrate uh, complex apps like Netflix, we go right into the chipset of the set top. And that's why it is su super smooth. Uh, and you can move between a Foxtel content experience into the Netflix experience uh, very well. And that's the way we'll do uh, Amazon as well as that comes on towards Christmas. It was one of the other things I was going to ask you. So, that, so for someone who buys that box, do they can they stream other services? And would you like to see, like, you know, would we ever see a free-to-air app as, with, as part of that offering? And do they need to have a Foxtel subscription to activate all that? Look, at the moment, you've got to be a Foxtel subscriber. You'll definitely see free-to-air apps. I think that's the, that's the way of the future. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it, it is, look, the Foxtel system is a bespoke system. Um, and, again, we, we are, are going hard again on integrating more, more apps into it. I mean, the ABC iView app is very popular as is SBS. Um, customers are now starting to get YouTube and YouTube kids. Uh, and there will be, you know, as I said, there's Amazon and there'll be more announcements of, of apps that are coming. The, uh, just talk a little bit about sports. Um, KO, massive success. We've, we've, we've talked about that this podcast and previous times with you. The, the, you recently did the partnership on the NRL with ESPN. It's basically an ESPN deal. On the NBL, yep. Oh, sorry, NBL. Yep. Um, does could we see that in the future? You partnering with people who aren't Fox Sports in sort of helping them acquire sport, which will help you via KO and and your you know your general customer base. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you could probably say for the last twenty five years we've been helping Free to Air acquire <laughs> uh, their rights as well. Um, but that's another story. Yeah, absolutely. ESPN's a really fabulous partner of ours. We've We've been um, together from the start with KO. They came on board very early and are very happy with KO. Um, they've also been a long-term partner uh, of Foxtel. And they, they do what only they can, which, which is bring the best of American sports to Australia. I think they've found their sweet spot. 
Um, in relation to the NBL, I've for a long time been a huge fan of Larry Castleman and of basketball. I see it with my own kids. You know, they participate. Uh, they want to play something that, you know, mums and dads can do also uh, with kids uh, and they want to watch it. And uh, I think the best illustration is, you know, what happened on the weekend. We are among the best in the world uh, at that sport. And so making sure that we invest in growing sports that are not just growing in participation, but are growing in their audience base and what Larry Castleman and ESPN have done in growing those audiences over the last five years, grown 70%. And I think uh, that this, this really has tipped now and they'll continue. So it was our pleasure to help ESPN and, uh, and um, the NBL on that deal. And yes, if it makes sense, we, we will always come in and partner with someone um, where, where it's in the best interests of our subscribers. You were uh, one of the rights holders for uh, London 2012. Could you ever see yourself going back to uh, Olympic Games? I mean, it's done fantastic business to seven for lots of different reasons. Yeah. Well, look, I was talking to James Warburton on Friday and congratulating him on what a great effort uh, they've undertaken. And I think they're, um, all of their presenters have been outstanding. And, it, you know, necessity shows a way, right? Not all of them could go over there and you wouldn't know it. Mm. Uh, that they're in Sydney and um, being an ex-swimmer myself, I just uh, immensely enjoyed the calls by, by Basil uh, and those magnificent um, women of ours. Um, and it did make me a little jealous of, of 2012 because a lot of what Seven was doing, we did uh, back in 2012. In fact, uh, the Foxtel Go app started life as the, the Foxtel 2012 app where we put up 12 channels of live sport on on uh, the app, and we also put everything else up there. So it was great to see Seven using their Seven Plus service uh, and doing such a great job. Whether we go back into that, I think it would it would require a lot of um, a, a lot of soul searching and and a bit of modelling because our business really is about uh, week in week out sports that gives uh, people a a real um, a real reason to subscribe. That said, we've got such scale now that that maybe we could make an advertising play as well as a subscription play. But at the moment, I think the Olympics over two weeks is a, is a bit of a hard uh, bow to draw. Um, so we might we might leave it to uh, to the free to airs and particularly seven uh, to to revel in that success. Yeah, I think they might have an option on the um, on Paris. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I suppose anything else in that discussion with James Warburton you'd be able to share with us? <laughs> Possibly no, not. I, I just think it's it's important to to acknowledge when someone, yeah. you know, and an organisation's done something well, like Seven has done with the Olympics. Um, you know, it's easy to be a critic, and it was great to see that once the Olympics started, that Olympic spirit happened. And um, and uh, I just I just think it's important to call that out and say congratulations to Seven doing a great job. I remember I think twenty twelve you had a compound at the back of your offices at Fox Tower, a, a compound of with a place where callers could call sports who weren't able to get to London and and tech people and digital and so it was a it was a bit of a model as you said Seven mm. um, visited the. Um, You've got four of the biggest sports in Australia, I guess, haven't you? The supercars, the cricket, the NRL, the AFL. Uh, does it matter who your free-to-air partners are? Does it make much difference or do you just sort of take the feed? Do, do you need to have a good relationship with them? I think so. I think it does uh, matter because it, it 
does matter to us uh, that the partnership between um, free-to-air broadcast television and uh, subscription television is a good one for the sport. You know, we are um, uh, partners with our customers and with the sport itself. And part of the what we sign up for uh, is to produce the sport uh, uh, in the best way in the world, which we like to pride ourselves at Fox Sports in doing. But at the same time, um, to use the combination of free-to-air TV and subscription TV in the best interest of the sport. And so um, making sure that we have got a good relationship with the free-to-air, that the free-to-air is doing a good job for the sport is important because at the end of the day, we want the sport to grow. Uh, and that is key to uh, you know, our business model as well. Okay. Look, it's been great chatting to you today. We'll just, just finish up. Just talk to us a little bit about the future. Get out your crystal ball. Four million uh, subscribers you've reached now. What, what do you reckon is attainable in the next couple of years? Five, six? Well, James, the first thing is um, uh, the part of the transformation is about uh, keeping revenues flowing yep. and optimising those, and that isn't always um, necessarily uh, just out of getting more subscribers. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say. You know, we will maintain... Uh, a view to optimising revenues, making sure that we keep them stable and strong and growing. Um, uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing is um, we we are, uh, I suppose, on a trajectory to to really use these assets we've built in KO and Binge, the technology assets, uh, to use them as the cornerstone for the whole group. I mean, the vision that we have. Uh, eventually is that it doesn't matter whether you subscribe to KO or Binge or Foxtel, uh, that we have got a, a fabulous experience on either, that it all comes through one set of tech, one set of content, uh, and that it's a great experience. So that's where we want to head. Um, hopefully that means that we will continue uh, to grow in terms of subscriber numbers, but the, the important thing is are the revenues and the costs because ultimately that's what's going to lead to the EBITDA and the cash generation. And just finally, look, everybody likes to, to, to guess about what might happen. Could the business stay as part of News Corp as it is now? Will it be floated? Will it be sold? I'm guessing part of that decision is above your pay grade? Very much so. <laughs> I, I, think, um, I, I think my job is to keep my head down um, and uh, to keep going, the, the strategy is only three years in. I think there's, there's many years ahead on that. Uh, we're very optimistic about it. We think it's the right strategy. Um, and, uh, and, and to go hard uh, on producing good results and to, um, to try and, and continue to lead. Uh, I think the company is back. Uh, not just in growing revenues and growing subscribers, but we're back into innovation. I think most people uh, that observe the company around the world um, think that the KO and Benj uh, movement uh, is, is fascinating. Uh, and we've got big plans for Foxtel too. So that multi-product, that multi-brand um, uh, um, sort of almost, almost um, uh, dichotomy uh, that we've done, we're going to continue to go hard on it. Uh, as we go forward. Do you have a tentative date for IQ5? Yeah, uh, I, I think, it, look, it'll start rolling out uh, in October. Um, the first customers will be the ones that are on cable. 
So uh, we um, that cable is terminating uh, in a couple of years. So they'll be the first ones to be offered the IQ5. Um, and a lot of those customers are old, are oldest, older customers that, in terms of tenure. So I think they will be absolutely delighted which, with what is a very new age experience. Um, and then I, I think probably in the new year, we may start marketing it from a consumer standpoint. But uh, in, in this part of the year, it's mainly uh, offering it to our cable customers to get them over onto IP. Looking forward to uh, all of that. Patrick, uh, thanks so much for uh, talking to Media Week and um, hopefully we'll speak again soon. Good on you, James. Thank you.